Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. This Thursday will mark the anniversary of the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. The attack on the Capitol has had damaging and long-lasting ramifications. That day marking one of the most divisive periods in recent history. And we're joined now by the vice chair of the committee, Congresswoman Liz Cheney. See cross lines no American president has ever crossed. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. So in Washington, there will be a vigil on Thursday. And this is reporter David Siders. In recognition of the attack on the Capitol a year ago, and at the same time, in a split-screen kind of moment, uh, Trump will be at Mar-a-Lago giving a news conference at, at which he's expected to double down. He will likely repeat his lie that the election was stolen, uh, continue to rebuke Republicans who are disloyal to him in kind of an amazing um, table setting for the midterm election year. Today on the show, ahead of the one-year anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol, a bunch of new polls have been released, basically trying to answer the question, how much do voters still care about January 6th? And how much could the findings of the committee affect the outcome of the midterm elections later this year? I I think what's really interesting to look at in this, not only in this most recent batch of polls, but in the polling trends going over the past year is just how, you know, initially it looked like there was there was more Democratic concern about January 6th and Republican concern for mm-hmm. sure. But but there were a large number of Republicans who were very interested in the events and, and what happened there. And I think what we've seen is a real shift where Republicans, well, we saw it in the CBS poll, a majority of Republicans saying rioters motivated by uh, defending freedom or, or patriotism. And so this idea, you know, initially that was tamped down that this it was a false flag event or that this was motivated or, or conjured up by Democrats to vilify the right has has really gained a you know a foothold in in Republican circles. And I want to stay on some of these new polls out that are interesting and sometimes a little bit contradictory. A recent Politico morning consult poll found that in the rest of the country, forty percent of Republican voters actually approve of the January sixth committee, in contrast to Republican House members who do not. But there's a broad spectrum of findings. And so on the other hand, there's another poll that says that Republicans and independents believe that violence against a government can be justified. Oh, my gosh. That latest one you mentioned is maybe the most striking, right? Was that the the Washington Post poll? I think it was four in 10 Republicans uh, and independents Mm -hmm. saying violence against government sometimes justified. That speaks to where we are politically. This is a different place um, than we used to be, certainly. And I think you know the the interest in the the commission and its goings on I, looking at republicans again i mean last spring something like 8 in 10 republicans and and republican leaners said that it was really important to find and prosecute these people who were involved in the the riot and that number's down to you know less than 60% today so that's a pretty steep decline and on on thursday when when trump does his you know, press conference really almost bizarrely bracketing um, the vigil at the Capitol, you'll see GOP groups around the country doing events where they have live watching. I saw one for Cobb County in Georgia where there will be a live viewing and also a vigil there for the people who have been arrested. Um, 
as a result of the riot. Um, so it's, it's just bizarre. And can you tell me more about the press conference that Trump is having on Thursday? He announced it a couple of weeks ago, right? He said he's going to have a press conference and the timing of it to go coincide with the vigil was announced just more recently. And I think they're taking it seriously in that advisors have been sharing or circulating internally drafts. So they're they're good. This is not supposed to be anyway a, a Trump off the cuff event, although it probably will become that to some extent. And the things he said he would talk about are you know, what he views as, again, the the rigged election, as he calls it, the lie that the election was stolen. Um, and I, I'd expect him to double down on that. And then also to, to really go after Republicans he views as having crossed him or, or been disloyal to him. So you've been writing and reporting on this. And you wrote that one year ago, many prominent Republicans predicted that Trump's behavior around January 6th was going to relegate him to the fringes of the party and, you know, maybe wipe out his legacy. But you say that actually it seems like the opposite is happening. Yeah, and I think it it seemed like it very soon after. I mean, maybe there were, what, a few days or something where uh, it was fashionable for mainstream Republicans to say this this might be the point at which Trump is done. This is just too much. And And I think within... Within a week, there was a recognition that that's not the case, that the base was still very much with him. What's interesting a year later is that, you know, in some ways, it, it may be more with him for a few reasons. I think one is this kind of, maybe maybe there's a twin engine thing at work here. One is this movement really in conservative media to whitewash the events of January 6th and to portray it as something other than what it was uh, and and to make it less concerning to to Republicans. But the other is, I I think, wholly separate from January 6th is that Trump has really benefited from from Biden's difficulties in his first year. Their approval ratings, they're about the same. So that that has helped him to stand out as kind of the, how did you call him, maybe the contraster in chief or something. (laughs) The contraster in chief. Um, Yeah. The midterm elections are coming up this year, and the stakes are especially high for Democrats who seem very likely to lose ground in the House. And an open question seems to be how big an influence Trump is going to have in the midterm elections. Yeah, well, I I mean, I'd be curious what you think, but I I think it's going to be monstrous, right? Whether it's uh, to the benefit of these Republicans or not, yet to be seen. But certainly in the primaries, campaigns and their strategists are terrified of having Trump endorse some candidate against them. And at the same time, very, very interested in securing his endorsement if they can. Mm -hmm. I think about some of these big races like, how Georgia, the race between Purdue and Kemp. Uh, Trump is definitely going to be a factor there. If if Trump had not been endorsing in that race, you know, Purdue would probably not be neck and neck with, with Kemp. Or in Wyoming, Liz Cheney would not have a race on her hand if uh, if Trump was not involved. So yeah, I think I think even moderates have come maybe now the or moderates or mainstream Republicans have come to the view of Trump that he's of enormous influence right now. It's possible that at the end of the year, if his candidates either falter in the primaries or win the primaries and lose general elections, that he will not be as dominant a force. But you know, the likelihood, as you pointed out at the top of the, 
the show is that Republicans will retake the House and probably will have a very good midterm year, and, and Trump will be at the center of that. The Senate is back in session this week, and the House is back next week. So with regard to the January 6th committee, I wanted to know what you will be watching most closely. Yeah, I guess I'd be really curious to see if if it gains any traction with voters. The commission, you know, those text messages that came out, I, I'd expect just lots and lots more of that kind of thing over the next few months. Yeah. There will be open hearings. They'll be televised. Uh, it will get a lot of attention as it should. But in the same way, I was skeptical that all the Russia probing would have huge electoral consequences. I'm also skeptical that that this will break through. I think mm-hmm. voters have not shown a huge interest in you know, democratic norms as a voting issue. It's much more about the economy, uh, COVID. And, and so I'm, I'm just skeptical that it will be a, a significant issue in November when, when, people, when people vote. And you see groups who are working on this who are very, very concerned about democracy um, and see a potential you know, not a potential, a threat to a democracy and a potential end end stage of our democracy, who I think are a little bit baffled and also trying to figure out how to motivate voters around this issue. You know, maybe the most interesting answer I've heard is what we heard from some people who cared about climate change a lot, where they said, well, this is an existential threat, but I'm not going to talk about climate change anymore because we just can't motivate voters on the issue. So you would see people, well, Tom Steyer is a good example, a climate guy who instead mm-hmm. starts talking about a lot of other things uh, because he thinks the game just has to be about winning if you are on you know, getting Democrats elected, if you care about climate change or if you care in this case about um, the riot and Trump's Trump's place in it. David Siders, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Also today, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter account was permanently suspended by the company. Twitter said that she had repeatedly violated its COVID-19 misinformation policies, which resulted in the ban. And... The head of D.C.'s Capitol Police told Fox News Sunday that while the force is better equipped to deal with an attack, like last January 6th, his unit is short-staffed by about 400 officers. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.